Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Consider becoming a Texas Football Insider, our subscription package at TexasFootball.com slash insider. Besides helping to make shows like this possible, you'll also get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts, our archives. We've got all 60 years of the magazine digitized, recruiting analysis, and must-see insights from the Dave Campbell's Texas football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider at texasfootball.com slash insider. That's texasfootball.com slash insider. And thanks for listening. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Make sure you catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and on Facebook. And if you like the show, subscribe on the podcast vendor of your choice. Give us a positive rating and tell a friend. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. My name is Greg Tepper. I am the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good, working the buttons and the switches and the levers and the sliders and the... How else do you dials? The dials. Dials are big. Um, I like, all those things. I like the levers. She's the Duchess of the Dork. She's Ashley Pickle. Levers, levers. Yeah, I say levers. You said levers. I think I like levers better. Mm. Levers seems more fun. It does sound more like, like, I'm doing something more important than actually pulling a lever. Yeah. <laughs> Pull the lever, Gronk. You still got to watch that movie. Darn I it. I still don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I just, I just, and I'll never know. I'll never know. It's so good. Today is Friday, November 6th, 2020. 20 days till Thanksgiving, episode 1063. 1063. This is the Justin Thompson episode. On today's show, friends, it's Mailbag Friday. We are going to answer your questions about high school football, college football, recruiting, lifestyle, romance, travel, all things football and non-football. If you have questions, uh, let us know in the Facebook comments, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's, or bring get on board the text line, 972-532-6665, 972-5-DAM-OK, 972-532-MONK. Yes. Um, yes. Numbers. So, sorry. <laughs> do we have first four through the door? We sure do. It was Tony Venegas, Jacob John, Ed McElroy, and Josh Chapa. Welcome in, fellas. Welcome in, fellas. No lady fellas. No today. lady fellas today. No. Okay. Uh, first, Pickle, let's talk a little bit about our friends at In and Out. Yesterday, last night, was the In and Out Burger Game of the Week. Uh, of course, we've teamed up with In and Out Burger uh, to celebrate some of the best and brightest Texas high school football stars across the state, as well as to honor uh, scholar athletes from each uh, from each of the schools. Last night we spotlighted the Birdville versus Mansfield legacy game. Uh, it was a terrific matchup. Legacy took home a 49-28 win. And we want to make sure we shout out the In-N-Out Burger Scholar Athletes of the Week. I'll start with Birdville senior tight end Connor Welsh from the Birdville side on the Hawks. He is the In-N-Out Burger Scholar Athlete of the Week. Congratulations to him. And also congratulations to Mansfield legacy senior free safety and quarterback Landry Parlin. 
Landry Parlin is the In-N-Out Burger Scholar Athlete of the Week. Congratulations to him, and congratulations to both him and Connor Welsh uh, for their excellence both on and off the field. Uh, In-N-Out Burger, a proud partner of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Pickle, let's also talk about this. Dave Campbell's Texas Football, in conjunction with the Texas Bowl, is proud to present the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week Award to the most deserving high schooler in the state of Texas. Every Monday at noon... TexasFootball.com announces 10 candidates for that week's award based on the previous week's on-field performance. We then leave it up to you at TexasFootball.com where you can vote for which player you think should be the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week. Vote includes each Friday at noon with the winner being announced shortly thereafter. This is officially shortly thereafter. And so, your Week 10 Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week. I just want to make sure you're okay. Sorry. The Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week is Needville running back Walker Warnke. He carried the ball 28 times for 278 yards. That's almost 10 yards per carry. And six touchdowns on the ground. Added 10 tackles, a forced fumble, and a pass breakup for good measure. Congratulations to all the nominees. Prosper linebacker Aiden Ciano. Ground Rock linebacker Israel Morgan, Timpson wide receiver and defensive back Terry Bussey, Floresville defensive lineman Cole Hamilton, Fort Bend Hightower quarterback Jacoby Longino, Mineola running back and linebacker Trevion Sneed, Godley quarterback Caden Burke, Hallettsville running back Jonathan Brooks, and Knox City running back Trace Fausto, Frausto, rather, but a very special congratulations to the Week 10 Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week, Needville running back Wal- Walker Warnke. Very well deserved for the Blue Jays running back. Congratulations. Meanwhile, Pickle, Derry Max and Dave Campbell's Texas Football are proud to team up this year to honor excellence in coaching and the hard work that assistant coaches put in on behalf of their teams. Each uh, each week, the Texas football staff nominates four deserving assistant coaches for the Derry Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week and let fans decide on the winner via Twitter poll. It all leads up to the Derry Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Year decided at season's end. A tough race again this week, mm-hmm. but we do have a winner. Your Week 10 Dairy Max, built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week, is Mission Defensive Coordinator Chris Castillo. The Eagles stymied PSJA, holding the Bears to just 82 yards total offense in a dominating 30 to nothing road victory over their district foe. Congratulations to all the nominees. Northwest Eaton Defensive Coordinator Craig Harden, New Braunfels Canyon Offensive Coordinator John Ford, and Brady Offensive Coordinator Heath Region. But a very special congratulations to the Week 10 Dairy Max, built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week, Mission Defensive Coordinator Chris Castillo. Congratulations to him. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. I want to invite you to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. That is our subscription package. You get two magazines and a year's worth of exclusive online content at TexasFootball.com, including the recruiting edition, which I am working on right now. It's on, I'm looking at it right now on my computer. Look, I can't show it to you. You have to become a subscriber to get it. Ha-ha. TexasFootball.com slash subscribe to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. <clears throat> Pickle, let's go to the hotline and let's bring in the Texas High School Football Insider for Dave Campbell's Texas Football. We are joined by 
Matthew Step. Matthew, do you read me? Hello, Gregory. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm I'm very. I'm glad well. we can't change my name. Like it's Ashley, and it, that's it. I mean, if you were a hat, I got a name. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. If you have questions, Step is here for Mailbag Friday, 972-532-6665, 972-5DAMOK, 972-532-MONK, or you can get in on the Facebook comments, facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Uh, Step, first of all, let's talk a little bit. For, uh, first, let's talk about the game you were at last night because you were at, you were in Killeen or Brian? Yes, Colleen. Colleen. Colleen for Shoemaker yeah. and Brian. I, I'm interested in your take on Shoemaker. They uh, they win last night. Uh, had a tough matchup with Brian. They come away with a win to remain unbeaten. Uh, that's a team that I think is a maybe a surprise unbeaten at this point. I'm interested maybe in your take uh, on what you saw last night. Yeah, um, I'm pretty impressed with the Gray Wolves. They they have a lot of athleticism with the skill spots, a lot of different weapons that that can beat you. Um, I'm not super surprised they're unbeaten just because of the experience they have back and and the, how how well that Toby Foreman got that team playing last year. Uh, but in that district, I and mean, we all know the Colleen Central Texas district has always been a, a challenge every year just because you, you, it's hard to get through that thing unscathed. Always a lot of good good teams and close games, and Shoemaker's been no exception. They've had a couple of close games already. And last night's game against a good Brian team was was evidence of that. Shoemaker pulled away in the fourth quarter for a forty-two to thirty win, but that was a a nip and tuck game throughout. But you know, I think Shoemakers put themselves in position to to potentially uh, play for the district title against Temple in a couple weeks. They got a tough game next week against Harker Heights, but uh, but I think that. Uh, they're probably right there with Temple as the team to beat in that district. The other headline from last night is probably the big headline, uh, which is Katie Tompkins takes down Katie uh, in a thriller, uh, snapping Katie's 75-game district winning streak. Um, you know, you and I talked a little bit about this on Tep and Step. I think we both picked Katie, but I think we both said that this was going to be maybe their biggest test that they've had in district in a couple of years. Uh, and it sure seemed like Tompkins was not scared of the Tigers. No, and I, and I think we learned that last year. You know, Tompkins lost to Katie by five, and if they hadn't dug themselves a real big hole early in that game, they probably potentially could have won that game. So, uh, having seen Tompkins in person, I knew their defense, especially, was the real deal. And, and they showed up last night and really did a great job against Katie and, and Jalen Milrow. Uh, Really, you know, ha- had probably his best game of the year so far. Um, and, and the Alabama commit uh, and that Tompkins offense didn't blow Katie away by any means because Katie's a really good defensive team as well, but they, they did just enough. Uh, and really, I thought their Tompkins defense in the red zone, uh, holding Katie to several field goals and not letting the Tigers get into the end zone, uh, really proved to be the difference in that game. We got a funny thing here from uh, from Tony. To, just to put it into perspective, we know how long it's been since they, they lost a district game, but to put it into perspective, the last time Katie lost a district game, the seniors on the field last night were in kindergarten. Golly. That's that's yeah. one of those things that's kind of like it really puts that into yeah. perspective. Yeah, yeah, and I guess now with Alito and their their long district winning streak, the uh, if they lose a district game right this year, they're just, their seniors will have been, I think, three. Yeah, um, right now. Because <laughs> Alito's district winning streak is a couple of years longer than Katie's. Yeah, Alito, Alito hasn't lost a district, champion, uh, a district game since since Everman, correct? That's right. Thank you for mentioning that. Thank you for knowing that, Greg. Thank you. Everman that, was a, that was a great day. That was a wonderful day. Was it 07 or 06? 
07. October of 07. October and 07. Yeah, they've won. Yeah. Uh, they came into the game. I don't know what their district record is right now, but they came into the uh, into the season at a uh, a night at a um, 90 game winning streak, a district winning game streak, which is the longest all time, by the way. So um, yeah. anyway, one other thing I do want to mention before we get to to, to, to questions. Uh, so at, light them up nine seven two five three two six 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 five nine seven two five damn okay nine seven two five three two monk or get on the Facebook comments facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. You mentioned this in the Slack that Buda Hayes beat Austin High last night, and that mm-hmm. may not be on people's radar. But I want you to tell people why that should be on people's radar. Yeah, because you know there, there's a really strong possibility Austin Westlake goes Division One this year. Um, if if Hayes and either San Marcos or Austin High makes the playoffs, um, that would push Westlake into um, Division One because Westlake and Lake Travis would be the two larger schools. Basically, what we need to watch for is Austin Bowie making the playoffs. If Austin Bowie can get into the playoffs. Um, that's likely going to push Westlake into the Division II bracket where, they were, where they've been the past few years. But Bowie has already lost head-to-head to Austin High, and now you have Hayes with a head-to-head win over Austin High. Austin High. So really, at this point, if Hayes can get, that, get a win over, over Bowie or if San Marcos can beat Bowie when they play here in a, in a week or two, um, I think it's going to be – Pretty much, Westlake's going to go Division One at that point because Bowie's going to have too many head-to-head losses against teams that they're competing for that last playoff spot to get in. So um, that's something we really did. We, we thought there was a better chance of Katie going Division Two, and there's still a chance Katie goes Division Two. Seven Lakes is still alive, but um, I think Westlake going Division One is a real strong possibility at this stage of the game. All right, which would got... change the dynamics of Region Four significantly, especially oh, with yeah. Division Two. Oh, most certainly, yeah. Region suddenly Division Two would be wide open in four yeah. in six A. So, uh, Region Four. Okay, let's get to your questions. Uh, line them up. Facebook fa- Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's or on the text line nine seven two five three two six 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 five nine seven two five. Damn okay nine seven two five three two. Monk Pickle has anybody asked any questions or can we end the show? Uh, they have asked questions, but we do have the power to end the show. Okay, so both. Four uh, K, no los dos. We got we got thirty we got thirty minutes. We got thirty minutes of questions that we can answer. So pickle, why don't you fire away? All right, let's see. Um, with okay, this one comes from Tony. It's a two parter here with one A through four A winding down. What are the most overachieving teams and the most underachieving teams? Um, that's an interesting question, and and actually, I want to see if I can find this in the Slack because I think I threw it in the Slack at some point. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I do remember you throwing. Yeah, that, that's a research question. That's, that, that's that is that's a research question. You got to dig into the data for. Um, but basically, here we go. Here are the teams that have um that we. So I I kind of categorized it as underestimated and overestimated, uh, teams that we did not have as highly ranked as we should have. So. In 4A Division 1, this is according to the computer rankings. 4A Division 1, it was Livingston. 4A Division 2, Monahans. This is teams that we underrated. Uh, 3A Division 1, Blanco, who's had a really nice bounce-back season. Um, Millsap in 3A Division 2. Unsurprisingly, Timpson is is in 2A Division 1. Rock Springs in 2A Division 2. Abbott in the six-man ranks has been the highest riser. As far as teams that have probably fallen most flat... Um, Steph, I know you and I talked a little bit about Valley View. Valley View was in a tough way because they were moving up a classification from two mm-hmm. division one to three division two, with, with a very young team as yeah. well. And it's it's kind of shown. I would yeah. also, I don't know, 
There's a couple Central Texas teams I throw in there. I think Cameron Yo, although that's a very tough district, because mm-hmm. they're going to miss the playoffs if you didn't know that. Yeah. Um, and then San Augustine. San Augustine's in that mix. I would say maybe a team like Mount Enterprise, but obviously when you lose a bell cow like Kendra Miller, that's maybe to be expected. Uh, McLean. McLean. McLean, Blum. McLean, <laughs> Blum, Blum, uh, hurt McLean the bad way. Yeah. Uh, I would also say Alto. I think that's a team that's flown under the radar. It's had a real tough year. Uh, the other one that I would throw out there uh, is, and I know you saw them recently, is Fairfield. Fairfield's a team that I yeah. think underachieved a little bit. They've struck. Yeah, they they they're fighting for their lives in a playoff spot this week with uh, Teague. But I mean, I think they beat Teague. They'll get in, but they may only get in as a four. And we definitely did not think Fairfield was a four seed going no. into the season. We had high hopes for Fairfield. Okay, so I hope that answers the question. What's next, Michael? Up next, uh, what which playoff game are you most looking forward to? And I know that we're not completely set, but Steph's Ooh. got his projections. Yeah, Steph's got his uh, his projections. Um, I've got one in mind, but I'll let you go first. You know, I think in the first round, uh, I think China Spring and Jasper is a really, really good first-round matchup that I think will be a, a lot of fun. That's Unfortunately, you're going to have two a really good team going home in, in, the, in the first round of the playoffs. Um, that's one that I, that I really like. Um, like I said, there's a lot still up in the air, but I, I think China Spring-Jasper is probably the first one uh, that, that really jumps off the page at me as a, as a game of featuring two really good teams. You don't see – in, in the 4A through 2A ranks, they're really banging first-round matchups most of the time just because of the nature of, of the district races. There's not a ton of depth. Usually these districts are top-heavy mm-hmm. where you have one or two really good teams, and, and they're typically typically going to finish first or second in the district. So um, I don't think we're going to – there's not going to be a ton that, that in the first round that I'm just like, wow, I, I got to see that game. Uh, that kind of thing. I think you're going to start seeing that in the 4A through 2A ranks in the second, second and third rounds. I'll, I'll give you one, and it's in 3A Division One. Mm-hmm. Um, Gladewater and Mount Vernon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a, if that, that happens. Yeah, that, if that, that happens. should that's happen. I think there's like one or two things that are likely to happen that would make that to be. But if that happens, if we get Gladewater and Mount Vernon, I mean, really, I would say Gladewater against whoever finishes fourth in District 5. Yeah, five is a deep district, and, and it's likely going to be Gladewater, Mount Vernon. I think Mount Vernon's going to need, uh, if memory serves correctly, they need Winsboro to beat Pottsboro uh, in order for for then it, then it would be you'd have Gladewater, Pottsboro yeah, in the first round of playoffs. So how about, how, how about how about Gladewater versus question mark? Yeah. For my answer. yeah, like whoever Gladewater plays in the first round, they're going to get a tough test in that first round. I mean, that's their their reward for playing uh, for winning their district is that they're going to get you know a really good team. Although it would have been worse if they had finished second, because like for example, right now uh, we have uh, you have on your playoff projections you can find at TexasFootball.com. You have like um, you have like Pottsboro against White Oak. And like that's no fun, you know what I mean? No, For, no. Know, Tatum and Tatum, the second. I think Tatum is a really underrated team mm-hmm. out of District Six. Tatum against the third place team from District yeah. Five, I think is going to be a, a really good matchup as well. Yeah. So, all right, what's next? Um, up next, a game that I think is flying a little bit under the radar here. What about Broswell, uh, Broswell and Geyer? Yeah, you know, look, this is um, this is an opportunity for. You know the the young Braswell program to really stake their claim to it uh, to a signature win for them. Um, I would I would install them as relatively sizable underdogs. One of the things that I have a little, they are a team. I'll say this about Braswell: they don't have trouble scoring. Okay, they don't have trouble scoring. They can put up points. Uh, I have some concerns about the defensive side, and when you're going up against Eli Stowers and company, that's that's where you're really going to be tested. 
Um, if they can get them into a shootout, right? If Braswell can get Geyer into a shootout, that would benefit them because that's how they want to win. Like you go back to, um, you know, they, they beat Richardson Pierce 69 to 63, right? Um, you know, they, they beat uh, Eaton 44-37. I think this is a lar- This is a, the the toughest game they've had to date. Uh, but like even in their opener, in their opener they played Rockwall and they kind of hung with Rockwall and lost fifty nine to forty. You know, those are the types of games they want to play. If they can do that and then maybe get Geyer to make a couple of mistakes, they can hang in this. The coaching think- matchups fun too with oh, yeah. uh, Coach- Moore and Coach and Moore Webb. and Coach Webb. That'll be fun. Um, yeah, I I I think that I look at uh, uh, Geyer's your favorite, but Braswell does have the weaponry to make that thing interesting. So, um, all right, what's next, pickle? Um, up next, we've got how about was Manville and Hightower yesterday? Yes. Yeah. Hi, uh, Man- Manville beat Hightower in so Manville won their zone mm-hmm. in District 10 5A Division 1 last night. And by the way, that's one thing worth mentioning, and we'll have to get deeper into it as the playoffs get closer and stuff like that, because the zone structure is a lot more common in 6A and 5A than it is in the 4As and below. But Correct. a lot of 6A, 5A districts have broken up into zones. And what you're going to see, I think a perfect example uh, step, is the game that Pickle's going to be at tonight is mm-hmm. DeSoto and Cedar Hill. That's a zone game, and, and it has major ramifications going forward. Correct, yeah. So um, DeSoto, Cedar Hill, uh, the winner of that game is going to win that zone and then probably play Duncanville uh, in a crossover game. And Pickle, I think you were you mentioning uh, the Manville Hightower game because of Sean's question? Uh, that was where I was fixing to go with that, yeah, because Katie Pato and Richmond Foster should be playing. The winner of that should play yeah. Manville, Yes, correct? so the winner will play Manville next week, and then the loser will play um, Angleton next week, and Hightower um, will play, um, I believe, Rosenberg Terry, who beat Kempner last night. So the way it'll work is 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 you've got um, Manville playing the – Pato Foster winner for the district championship, and then the twos and threes will play. So then, so then Hightower will play Terry, and then the loser of Pato Foster will play Angleton. The winner of those two games will make the playoffs, and then they'll play the following week uh, in a game for third and fourth place. What? If you can keep up with all that, yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> well, look. We're going to try to sort it out. That's why. That's another reason why I've kind of said. We're going to try to get all of our playoff stuff up as quickly as possible. It just may take a little bit longer this year because we have to sort through district tiebreakers as well. Mm -hmm. So give us a little bit of patience. Normally I can say, yeah, for sure, like Saturday night we'll have it all up. It might be like Sunday afternoon. Trying (laughs) trying to set the expectation here so you guys aren't like, where is it? You know, we're trying to figure Mm -hmm. it out too. Uh, What is next, Miss Pickle? Uh, Jeremy Meredith asked, is this a must-win game for Tyler High when they play Mesquite tonight? Well, they're own four, so most importantly, they just need to get in the win, win column. column. Um, I, do, I think it's still... <sighs> oh, interesting side note there. Tyler High has outgained every opponent in yardage they have played, but they still have not won a game. Yeah. I mean, they've lost a lot. They've lost... So that's a, a bad... They've lost defense. a... I mean, the defense has just kind of, like... The defense has lost on the margins, which is a problem for them. I mean, they've they've been out they've only been outscored this year. Let me look at this. They've only been outscored this year by like fifty six points, and they're zero and five or zero and four. So it's like they haven't been getting destroyed. Um, I don't think it's it's probably not a official must win. Like I, there's a path where if Tyler lost to West Mesquite tonight, they could still probably make the playoffs. But then that would involve them winning uh, games against Longview, Highland Park, uh, those kind of things. So yeah. 
Is I think, it a must-win? Technically, no. Is it a must-win? Probably. That That's how I would categorize it. It is not an official, official must-win. Like, they're not eliminated if they lose. But if you want to talk... Like, for example, let's talk about, like, the Dallas Cowboys, right? Like, the Dallas Cowboys, last week was not a, a must-win. They can still win the division, right? But, like... The chances of them winning the division after that are extremely low. So Dumpster fire. that's how I, that's how I would categorize it. Of like, is it possible? Sure, but the, the road gets a lot tougher if they lose to West Mesquite. That said, I think they're favored over West Mesquite. I think they should beat through. West Mesquite. Yeah, they, they, should. they should. If they don't, they probably got bigger problems. Yes. They're, they're not. They're not making the playoffs. They lose to West Mesquite. That yeah, that that's that's a good way to put it. All right, what's next, pickle? Um, what do you think, how do you think Salado will do on their road to the playoffs? They're definitely, they're definitely the district champions, correct? Yes, they've won their district, they're yeah. done, they're 9-0. and um, now They'll probably get to the third round and then lose to Carthage. I mean, the problem, yeah. the problem is they're in Region 3 and all roads go through Carthage and that's not fun. No, and that's that's kind of the unfortunately the the way that it goes. So if you look at Salado right now, we, we, we uh, categorize them, their path would probably be Rusk. I think they'll be favoring that one. Mm-hmm. Belleville, um, tough, but you know, I think I think maybe I pick I pick Salado right now as I'm sitting here. I pick Salado, but then they'd get Carthage in the third round, and that's instant heat death. Like I hate to be like that, but it's like Carthage is, is has been that good. So they'll be significant favorites over Salado. Correct. So that's kind of that's kind of the way that I see it breaking. Um, if they uh, unfortunately they're they're just a, a victim of being in the wrong region. If they're if they had kind of. I mean, then again, it's not like Region Two's any any, you know, picnic. You know, you'd have to run into Pleasant Grove or Gilmer at some point. Um, yeah, so I would say right now I would go with uh, probably a third a third round team right now. The way they've been playing, they're really good. I like the Salado team a lot. Mm-hmm. They um, were impressive when I saw them. Yeah, I, their I, game management is just good because they yeah. can they do the thing where they just hold the ball and yeah. there's nothing you can do yeah. about it. They the the anaconda analogy yeah. was perfect. Yeah, they just kind of squeeze you. All right, what's next? <laughs> um. I bet you can't guess who asked this, but with Graham being off this week, how do you, <laughs> far do you see them going in the playoffs? Um, yeah, another 4A Division II team. Um, I will just say this, man. And, and Steph, you and I have talked about this. It's like, tell me who the favorite is in Region 1. Because, like... I, I mean, at, at this point, year, it's, at why not Graham? I mean, it's it's they're they're just they have just probably if I had to put money on any team in Region One, I'd probably say it's Graham right now. Yeah, I mean, the thing, what's funny about this, I think this is a really good parallel to two A Division One Region Three, and I know I'm getting really like in the weeds, and we're getting this like <laughs> this like mini Teppan stuff right now, um, but it's like that in the sense that there was a team that we thought was going to be the favorite, mm-hmm. right? In for 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 two A Division One Region Three of San Augustine, and then for four uh, A Division Two Region One, it was uh, Salina. I would say both Salina and San Augustine have underachieved our expectations this year, which then opens it up to like, who wants it? And and Graham's been, Graham's been awful good, man. Graham's been Graham's a contender, I think. Like I like this team a, a, a lot, and I think that especially the way that their defense I think has made a step forward this year. Like and they got Daniel Robertson. Like, why not? I like this Graham team. Yeah, and Region One is there for the taking. It's 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 there for Graham to take. Yeah, for sure. I mean, although the one thing I'll I'll just throw out there, I do like Sweetwater. I do like Sweetwater. I like that. I like that quarterback a lot. Sweetwater is playing really well, and and that's a team that that they're really really young. And if if whatever they got a little bit of playoff experience last year, lost to Estacado in the first round. Mm-hmm. They've won the district this year. I think they're a team that's going to get a couple of playoff wins this year. 
And I think next year you could probably put Sweetwater as probably the team to beat in Region One just because of yeah. they think they'll have like eighteen or nineteen starters back next Ooh. year. What's next, Pickle? Um, a team that Step had followed pretty closely there last week uh, is North Dallas a lock for the number four Ooh. spot in their district. Has they did they did they not win last week? Last week, they, no, they lost. They, they lost clinched the playoff spot because some of the other results went their way. So they're gonna they're they're likely gonna be the fourth place team. Um, so congrats, North Dallas, first playoff appearance since 1952. Good luck against Argyle. You got hey, oh god, hey, <laughs> oh god, hey, <laughs> yikes, hey, we're we're thinking. <laughs> That was such a backhanded show. compliment. <laughs> I mean, no, it's the truth. I mean, it's awesome for them to get into the playoffs, but they're, uh, yeah, they're going to probably job. get, oh, unless they, they pull an upset tonight. I forgot who they play tonight. I think but they're, they're an underdog tonight. And, and so if they, uh, if they win tonight, they'll be the third place team, but I believe they're pretty heavy underdogs. What if North Dallas beats Argyle? Would that be would would North Dallas over Argyle in the first round of the playoffs be the largest upset in Texas high school football history? Ooh. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Because because they're going to be like sixty five point. I mean, let's just, I mean, we're just talking reality here. They're yeah. going to be like sixty five to seventy point underdogs. I'm going to do some back of the envelope math real quick. According to the computer, they would be. Yeah, what's the percentage? Um, they would be. Uh, Hold on. I'm sorry. You're you're listening to live coverage of me doing some math. If they did that, that would be like your favorite thing of the ESPN projections when someone yeah. wins at the very end and it just skyrockets Man, down. Dude, dude <laughs> Step, you nailed it. The computer projects they would be about 65 point underdogs. Awesome. Yeah. To, so but, you know. But, but hey, I mean, hey it's, it's still awesome for them to get into the playoffs. Let's I mean, go. I'm not like trying to take away from that from their accomplishment. <laughs> you know I'm just trying to set. We're just trying to set. We set reasonable well, expectations. Oh, you know, you're 100 right. On the picks next week, I'm picking North Dallas. I'm doing it. Do it. Why I'm not? doing it because I believe. <laughs> and to I don't then, actually believe. Well, if you got it right, that would be like oh! the upset. Like you wouldn't need to Are do picks videos after that. That would no, be I'd your be ender. Like I'd quit. Like I just feel like that would be the, that'd be the end of it. So <laughs> he would just drop the mic and just play that play that video on a loop. Yeah. Anytime Tepper was wrong about something, he'd go. But you know what? I wasn't wrong about. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I could be wrong for the rest of my life, but I would have called and like the greatest good. upset in Texas high school football history. All right. What's next, pickle? Um. Here we go. What are your? Who is your regional favorites in three A Division two? Okay. Three A Division two. Region one has. I think region one and region two are probably pretty easy. Um, I think it's got to be Canadian, although let's see what happens with Childress tonight. Like, let's just see. I, 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 I'm 95% confident penciling them in to Region 1, but let's see what happens with Childress tonight. Region 2, Region two I think the, the favorite has to be Gunner, but, man, the way Eastland's East East mm-hmm. <laughs> like Eastland's got a flamethrower over there. Dude, that team has been crazy good recently uh then you kind of get into real interesting situations so region three um again it's like (sighs) is it dangerfield maybe i'm just like but they lost to hooks last week and that has me a little spooked um Wask, I, I liked Waska when they lost to Elysian yeah. Fields. So is it's it Elysian wider. Fields? It's, I, I don't know. It, I, that, that's one. Um, just kind of, we're, we're we're supposed to give you our regional picks here in a couple of days yeah. as we get ready for TexasFootball.com/slash/playoffs. Thank you. Bookmark it. Um, 
I don't know who I'm going to pick in Region Three, Three A Division Two. I, I, I'm leaning towards Wascom, even though they lost to Legion Fields. But any, there's like six teams that could win that region, probably. And then Region Four, you've got I think two. You've got like you got a few different options. I think that like if you if you are a believer that dominance matters, then there's an easy pick. <laughs> it's Poe. <laughs> It's Poe, yeah. who at, at present, let me just do some math. They have outscored their opponents 405-26 this year. So That's solid. That's that, pretty good. That's pretty, I would say I would put that in the pretty good bucket. Um, you do them. East if, Bernard. It, there's, and then there, there's two others. I would say East Bernard, who I'm still a believer in, and I would say Franklin, who's mm-hmm. playing really well right now. After a couple of early hiccups, they have figured it out. Um, and so those would be the three that I would lean towards. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like normally, it's 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 funny because last year and the past couple of years, you've kind of been able to just pencil in like Canadian Gunner for the 19th consecutive year in the semifinals. I would just say I think Region Two is a tougher road for Gunner this year. Like I just I don't know. Yes, yeah, especially with with, with Eastland coming in and, and yeah. having having all that firepower. Gunner Gunner's definitely going to have more earlier play, early earlier playoff challenges than, than we've seen in the past. I'm high on Eastland. Uh, I know you. I are. think they're good. Yeah. All right. What's next, pickle? Um. Up next, let's see from Tony Venegas, which four A through two A small school Permian Basin team oh, has the best chance to make a deep run in the playoff? He said Wink McKamey or someone else. Okay. No, Winker McKamey. That's yeah. <laughs> that's that's yeah, the answer. That's Winker one McKamey. of those two. Yeah, McKamey's interesting, man, because that's a team that another team that I think got off to a slow start. Uh, but has gotten white hot lately. Um, I mean, obviously that win over Wink is is like a, a huge win, but like they lost. Like you remember, like they have a loss to Forsan in overtime, and it's like and Forsan's okay, but like yeah, they're like, they're playing pretty well right now. It's a Division One school. The, the Wink and McKamey, I think we both like a lot. We both think yeah. they're top ten teams. The problem is the bracket for them. Yeah, they're you know Wink is looking at a second round matchup with Wellington, and. The Wink's going to be an underdog in that game. Yeah. We're talking double-digit underdog probably against Wellington. And then you look at McKamey on the other side, they've got probably Wheeler in the second round. And that's, Wheeler's a state-ranked team. That's a top-10 team as well. They're playing Wellington tonight. So, I mean, Wink and McKamey could play in the regional final, but they could also both lose in the area round of the playoffs because their, their first early-round matchups are so tight or tough. Uh, yeah, that is uh, that's really interesting. I, it's the problem is that you're right. That region is so good. That's like um, if they were in any other region, basically, you'd be like, oh no, they could make a super deep run. But like because of that, they're going to run in some really good teams from that Wellington Wheeler district. It's going to be yeah. we'll keep it on Wellington Wheeler tonight. I'm super interested in that game. I think Wheeler's got a shot. That's just me. That's just me. All right, what's next? Um, could you see Timpson winning Region Three and Two A D One? Yeah, I absolutely. They're they're fa- they're the favorite. Yeah. There's... I think I think they're a favorite now because that's the thing. We were to go back to that with the San Augustine thing. With San Augustine kind of taking a step back, um, you now start looking around for who's going to win it. And the problem is there's not an obvious choice. Um, we've talked with a number of their coaches recently. Yeah. Uh, we talk a lot about Timpson, right? Uh, I still think. By the way, I still think Joaquin's Joaquin. really good. Yeah, I still like Joaquin a lot. Um, Hearn, Norman G. Like, there's a lot of these teams that are maybe you haven't thought of in a while because Region 3 has just kind of been a foregone conclusion for St. Augustine. But now that they're kind of, uh, I think it's fair to say, down this year from their own standards, most teams, I think, would take St. Augustine's bad years. But um, 
because of that, it, it opens up this wide variety of teams that could really make a run, and Timpson is certainly among them. Absolutely. I mean, the, the, the way they beat Joaquin was just incredibly impressive. I think with, with – with what they did, I think you put them as the favorite, but I, but I agree. I think there's 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 some potential uh, potholes in that road. Yeah. All right. What's next? Um. Hang on. Oh no. Let's go with. Oh no. Oh no. Um. Okay. People want to circle back around to that craziness that's going down in Austin. So if Westlake does go D one, that opens up six A D two region four. Correct. 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 So, yeah. So then, maybe, maybe that, that, maybe it's Judson's year. But yeah. I'll tell you what, Brennan last night was pretty dang impressive in their uh, blowout win over O'Connor. So I don't know. I think Brennan would be Division Two, but yeah, I, I think it completely opens up the six A Division Two yeah. Region Four bracket That's a, because yeah. Westlake's just dominated. Uh, in that in that region so you, you you're gonna have a new regional winner for sure yeah i mean here's the thing you could have a team like judson like maybe this is the year which by the way if you didn't know judson's gonna be d2 because of the opening of san antonio veterans memorial in the in the judson isd so judson's got a possibility um i think you're right i think brennan has looked very good uh maybe this is the year austin vandegrift breaks through mm -hmm. uh i would also allow me to say um are you a believer in what mark soto's selling there at uh, San Antonio Johnson, they're pretty good right now. They're they're playing they're playing pretty well. I think I think they would more than likely be a Division two team. So I think they're another one that you, that you got to start talking about. So you know they've broken into the state rankings as well. Because that's the thing is that like with Westlake, if Westlake leaves, I think you've got another bunch of teams that are really there's not one clear alpha. I would look mm -mm. another team I'd throw in there, Cedar Park Vista Ridge. They've got they've got the quarterback. They got Kyle Brown yeah. for sure. Yeah. Now the quarterback, and then, you know, we are always fans of getting weird. Let's get. What about the valley? What about like? Could you have? Could Edinburgh Vela get super hot mm -hmm. and like just just forget how to lose and make a regional final? Maybe like that's possible. That's why there's like those big ripple effects, and that's why like when a team like Buda Hayes beats Austin High, you start going, oh, oh. Oh, and you start doing like mm -hmm. the, the, the mental math and the mental gymnastics to see what that what kind of impact that has. What's next, Pickle? Um, I like this question because this is definitely, I think, what we would consider the region of doom in 4AD1, but what are your thoughts on region 4? Yeah. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. It's that's, gonna, that's a, that's a dish, uh, region of doom. It's going to be a, an absolute dogfight mm -hmm. um, when you take a look there. And, and obviously, look, you've got Lampasas, and I think that they have deserved they, – they have earned the right, if only because they, they won the region last year. Yeah. They've earned the right to be the favorite out of region, four, region one – region four, rather. But the thing about them – is that they're going to run in they're going to have so many different stylistic tests in that region that they might see a team like Corpus Christi Miller who's just going to flat out throw it with Andrew Body and try to outscore people. They might see a team like Cal Allen who's going to grind it out on the ground and just try to grind them in the dust and win a game 24-21. They might run into a team like Port Lavaca Calhoun who's the strangest team in the state. Yeah, here's here's a potential playoff path for land passes. Mm -hmm. First round, they'll 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 be heavily favored and they'll they'll win. That, that's not an issue there. But round two, Corpus Christi Miller. Round three, the loser of Calhoun and Cal Allen. Round four, the winner of Calhoun Cal Allen. Yeah, or LBJ or LBJ, and who who by the way already gave them a, a big time run 
and I know would probably like another shot at them. That's the interesting thing, is do I, like right now, if you're asking me right now who the best team in Region 4 is, I would say it's Lampasas. I think it's Lampasas. Mm-hmm. But because of the different kinds of tests they're going to have to face, like there are some regions you go to and it's the same it's the same offense you're facing every single week. It's just different wrinkles. Like maybe they got a better quarterback or maybe they got a number one receiver. Maybe they run the ball a little better. There are some regions like that. Region four is so offensively diverse that like you're talking about, if you go Miller, Cal Allen, Calhoun, you are seeing three like violently different teams. Yes. Yeah. Like in three straight weeks. And then, by the way, you'd have to face some team from Region Three, and maybe that's a team like Lindale or El Campo, who are kind of more more, more pro style. More pro style. Like yeah. I don't know. It is. It's it's a really interesting path for them. Again, on paper and in my heart, I think Lampasas is probably the best team in Region Four. But like. You gotta you gotta turn that combination, and you gotta make sure you're right three times in a row, and that's gonna be tough. So I don't know, it's gonna be interesting. Uh, what's next, pickle? Um, up next, a question that got a lot more interesting, obviously after last night. And I know we've talked about them, but if Katie goes D two, is there really anyone challenging them? And I mean, I we know that they can lose now. <laughs> we uh, know that they are beatable. Yeah, they're not invincible. And- yeah, um, I mean, in Region three, I mean, probably the only one that would. Shadow Creek. I mean, Region Three is really Division One heavy, so I would think if if they went Division Two, Shadow Creek would be the only one that I think could really push Katie just a little bit. Um, and then obviously with Westlake going going in Division One, I mean, a Westlake Katie State semifinal would have been great. But now if Westlake goes Division One, I mean, maybe you know, I th- I think Judson would be good enough uh, to push Katie if they played, and then obviously the state championship game. So. You know, the road would get significantly um, easier for Katie if they went Division Two. Yes, I, I would absolutely agree with that. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, let's do three more. Three more. All so right. start start finding your ender. Yeah. Uh, Ed wants to talk a little bit about uh, all the school moves for Bear Alexander, the four-star lineman that is now eligible. Ah, Ryan. yes. This is worth mentioning. Yeah. Uh, so, Bear, yeah. go ahead if you so, want to run down. Yeah, so I mean, you know, I'm not going to get into to the to his his personal situation. He's a kid, and you know, we don't need to be talking about that publicly. But I mean, he's had a rough upbringing, um, and you know, he's bounced around. This is his third high school, and, and you know, I didn't wa- I did not watch the UIL state executive hearing yesterday, but but clearly, um, his family um, presented compelling evidence to the UIL um, regarding his situation that allows him to play at Denton Ryan. So, you know, I, I trust in the process and trust that the uh, folks making at the UIL making the decision um, are, are doing the right thing. And, and ultimately, you know, you hope for the kid's sake that, that this turns out to be a good thing for him and he can get a, get a more stable home situation and, and turn into a productive adult. Yeah, that's that's the thing. So now he will be he'll be eligible for Denton Ryan, which you know that obviously there's the there's there's the personal side of it. We certainly hope that he he that that, that turns out positively for him. Um, on the field, I mean, this is like a he's a four star kid, like four star defensive lineman, something like that. Um, yeah, I mean, like Denton Ryan needed more yeah. help on defense. <laughs> yeah, and especially like up front on defense, like this, like in the front seven. Like, good lord, uh, yeah that that makes it that makes an already excellent defense. Uh, even better. So keep it on that. Bear Alexander is eligible for Denton Ryan. What's next, Pickle? Um, I'll give you a chance to brag on yourself a little bit here. But someone they asked this yesterday, and then they they sent the text. But how much is written down 
how much prior to doing the picks video do you actually write down? And the answer is not really much. Uh, like you write down the games. I write down the games and I write down the like um I write down like the like, the, like so if we do like yeah. the big spotlight games like for the the, the for the Battle of Beltway. <laughs> uh, the Battle of He doesn't Beltway. write down the names no, of the I games, don't. clearly. <laughs> uh, for the DeSoto Cedar Hill game, I had like the three keys. So like when I go key number one, uh, quarterback duel, right? I have that written down. And the rest of that is just like, I have an idea of what I want to talk about. And maybe I'll write down like if there's a couple of kids' names that I don't know or I haven't committed to memory. Like for if I'm doing if I'm doing something about the aforementioned lamp passes, like mm-hmm. I know who their quarterback is. Right. So, like, I could just – yeah, I don't need to write that Breaking down. Yeah, breaking yeah. news, Ace Whitehead is the quarterback at <laughs> yes. last passes. Whoa. Who knew? Uh, that's, we're going to the decision desk right now. Yeah, that's, that's true. It's, it's, <laughs> uh, but that uh, – yeah, I would say that, that is um, – uh, that you know, and then I have, like, little kind of scattershot notes that are basically, like, especially players' names if mm-hmm. I'm s- not super familiar with what right. – like, well, like, when we were doing the Timpson-Joaquin game, um, I had – thought about Timpson, I'd done those things, but I hadn't like committed Terry Bussey's name to memory and I hadn't committed like Braden mm-hmm. Courtney's name to memory. So I'd write those down. Well and but the rest of it is get, the rest of it is just kind of off my It gets my easier head. as the season goes on too. Oh, and yeah. you're repeating and repeating and repeating. The first week the, the first fr- week's the worst. Yeah, the first week is And it's just a bunch <laughs> of takes and it's just like it's you know that's why Pickle's here because she edits out the struggle. Yes. So, uh, yeah, that's her. That's your job. I edit out. I Tepper's edit out struggle. the struggle. I edit out the struggle. Uh, all right. Do we have an ender? Uh, yeah. And this was something that I, they talked about yesterday in the comments. I don't know if we ever got to a conclusion, but how many teams have stadium home stadiums on county fairgrounds? I thought that was an Ooh. interesting question. Like the um, Puncher Dome. I know Mason does. Yeah. Um. Uh. Oh. Um. The isn't isn't Abilene's stadium on the fairgrounds? Or that's like I the. I, I don't know if it's technically a fairgrounds, but it's like the expo expo yeah. center. Like they do okay. a bunch of yeah. stock, you know, you know, ag caught stock shows types things there. Uh, but I don't know if it's. I, I think they have held a fair there though. I've seen like a Ferris wheel out and stuff. So yeah. I've no. You know, I, yeah, I, I'd have to check with Taylor County on that. But I know uh, Childress is on yeah. the county fairgrounds. Yeah, Childress is Fair Park Stadium. Fair Park Stadium. There's a hand- and Amarillo, Amarillo is. Yeah, there's a handful of them. Um, and I think that I think what you'd find is especially older stadiums. Um, that's where they had space. And like those mm-hmm. were gathering places for people, so we're like, why don't we just build the stadium right here? We have the we have the land, and then you have stadiums like San Saba, which they were like, we have a graveyard. Why don't we? Why yeah, don't just we build, build it on top of that? Build on top of the graveyard. <laughs> uh, That'll be cool. Oh, Tyler is on a fairground. Yeah, Rose Stadium is on yeah. the yeah this yeah they're they're and Mercedes used to be on the fairgrounds, and then they they built a brand new stadium when they built their new high school. So uh, Shotwell. I mean, there's. Yeah, uh, Shotwell yeah, is okay, too. Yeah, it, it's there's. I would say there's probably twenty or thirty, just depending on yeah. where you go in the state of Texas. Yeah, yeah. you know, because yeah, and yeah. what's considered a fairground, because that yeah. can get a little dicey in some areas <laughs> well, as we well. We could have a whole podcast the, over what's considered a fairground. The Cotton Bowl. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so. yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. Uh. Okay. That's an ender. Thanks for uh, spending part of your day with us. Step. Where are you going tonight? I am going to Colleyville. Uh, on Grapevine. Mm-hmm. I'm going to Grapevine. For Colleyville Heritage and uh, Red Oak, and I'm going to eat at Pluckers pregame. So, Pluckers, if you want to sponsor uh, TF today, <laughs> we would love to have Please you. Please do. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Uh, okay. Uh, Step, have fun, buddy. All right. You guys have a good one. Bye, right. Step. There he goes. Matt Step, Dave Campbell's Text Football, high school football insider. And that's going to do it for us here on Mailbag Friday. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Um, yeah. 
let me just say this, okay? I think it's been a stressful week for a lot of people. It's been, I think it's, like, this has been a week where people, like, their emotions have been inflamed, right? And I understand it, right? I get it. Take some time this weekend to practice some self-care. I don't want to be get on, like, a soapbox here, but, like, read a book. Turn off your television. Talk to your friends. Do something for you. Sit on your couch and watch a bunch of football. You know, work on that butt groove. Anyway. That's just that. That's something that's been on my mind because it feels like everybody's really amped up. We don't have to be that way. We can all just kind of take a deep breath and relax. It's all going to be okay. All right? That's cool. That's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Thanks to Matt Stepp for joining us for Mailback Friday. You know, a good way to practice self-care is to watch Fox Sports Southwest mm-hmm. tonight. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please meet your player of the year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today. No, we won't. We'll see you Monday. Bye.